live. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I am Anthony Irwin, as always, joined by Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, I think this is going to be our last show before the holiday. I think this mm. is it. Because mm. I'm, I'm taking next Friday off. Okay. Um, maybe Thursday, too. Maybe Wednesday, too. Screw it. Oh, I have a bunch right. of paternity time left over. I'm just going to stop right. working. Actually, okay. you know what? That's it. I'm out of here. I'm just going to call it a day. Uh, call it call it a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see you guys in 2023. Are you cool to just hold down the fort here? I got you, of course. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm all right. So I have a, a couple questions before we jump into the actual stuff. And today we're going to talk about this latest report that the Lakers reportedly, quote, have interest in trading for Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, or Bradley Beal. I personally have interest in Ana de Armas. Um, I don't know who that if is. If she was to become available, she was in Knives Out. She was uh, in Bond. Out. Oh, the that's most... the um, that's okay. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I think Knives so, Out. What um, else has she been? I, you know what? I'm like Raj like this. I don't watch. I don't watch much movie. I don't well, TV. I watch some TV, not a whole lot of TV other than mm-hmm. sports and uh, and cooking stuff, Food Network, and really no movies. I couldn't even tell you the last thing I saw in the theater. What so, would you? Rather I don't know do? who that is. Would you rather work for an NBA team again, like in a more official capacity, assistant general manager, that kind of a role? Okay. Or host a cooking show? Uh, the former. The former? Yeah. Yeah, the former. Basketball. Because, um, and this is getting like, <laughs> it's going to get interesting, but I, I've, al- I've always wanted to, um, to have a, a restaurant, a uh, food truck or something. And it's okay. They all fail. And it's okay if, if I try and fail. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's not okay if I don't try to me. Um, and I do one of my favorite things on planet Earth is cooking and entertaining people. But um, the times where I have had to cook every day, and it hasn't been what I've wanted to do, like doing individual events is, is I really enjoy. But mm-hmm. when it's a daily, um, every day. Yeah. And there's a repetition. Then I kind of I've started resenting and it, and it takes some of the joy away from it. So I don't know what what a cooking show would be like. Although I did, um, I did, I did uh, audition for Master Chef. This is a, a different conversation, but I did audition really? for Master Chef. Yes, that's not hosting a cooking show, but no, um, but I love that show. I love cooking. I figured out that I'm a pretty good cook, and I've 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 really loved getting into it. Yeah, it's it's it is. Uh, I'm not I'm not creative at all. You and I were talking about the name of an artist before we were we started recording and I didn't know the name of whoever you were referring to. <laughs> I can't Dance draw, can't, I, I can't paint, I'm not musically inclined. I can sing a little bit, but I can't really sing. I can just copy, right? If mm-hmm. I can copy whatever the sound of the singer is, whatever the song is. Yeah. Um, I can just copy it, but I can't actually sing myself. So the only two ways I've been able to be creative in my life are basketball and, and cooking. No, there are two outlets for my creativity, playing basketball and, and cooking. And my body is so broken that I can't hoop anymore. I mean, who knows if I ever really could, but I certainly can't now. So cooking is like the last uh, outlet for my creativity. So yeah. uh, being forced to do it all the time would, would probably be tough for me. So I will be an assistant general manager if you're offering it. All right. At the end of the show, I want to talk about your experiences in MasterChef again. I want to come okay. back to that. That sounds right. like fun. All right. Um, the holidays, though, you're you're half Jewish. You said, how have how does that usually go in your household? How did it typically go in 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 the Larsoul household? So um, we have always celebrated both 
Hanukkah and Christmas. Um, so it's great. Um, neither one really as a religious endeavor. Um, yeah. cause I'm not religious at all, but, um, yeah, it's fun. There's, I have a, I have a Christmas tree up at, up at my place now. And, uh, with a bunch of Hanukkah presents underneath it and a bunch of Christmas presents <laughs> underneath it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. Um, and we're doing, uh, my mom and them are, so we do Thanksgiving, um, in San Francisco, uh, at mom's house. And then Christmas we do at my place, um, and mom and, and my stepdad, um, uh, come here often because I have to, <laughs> there's often working here, right? There's often a Lakers game this year. It happens yeah. to be in Dallas and I'm not, I'm not going. So, um, we'll do Christmas, but then, so mom is coming, uh, I think it's Wednesday and we're doing, uh, I'm hosting somewhere between 12 and 1200 people, um, at my two bedroom apartment for, for Hanukkah. <laughs> we're going to do a big Hanukkah thing. So brisket oh, yeah. and latkes and my matzo ball soup and, my sister and I will probably make challah bread and yeah. So we get all, we get to do all of it. It's fun. That's I'm, I'm a little jealous last year. I got, so my next door neighbors, they, they have since moved, but mm -hmm. um, I got to go to my first Hanukkah dinner mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and had all of the food that is consumed at a, at a Hanukkah dinner and yeah, had an absolute blast. I'd never done that before. I'd, I'd never been involved with that kind of stuff before and it's kind of making me think like, I think I want to be polytheistic and just like there you go. celebrate everything. Like, well, just... so yeah, why not? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's easy for me because uh, like I'm not religious at all. Yeah. Um, same. I take being Jewish very seriously. Um, but like Christmas isn't a religious holiday for me. Mm -hmm. I do really love the tradition of it. Um, and I am either ethnically or racially or culturally and culturally Jewish. I don't know what the correct term is. If it's racial, I think it's ethnicity, I believe, but any, or maybe it's uh, racial. Culturally it's, sounds yeah. right. Well, it's both, right? It's all of it, right? There. So I am not, I am not religious. I'm not Jewish as, as it pertains to the religion. I am Jewish as it pertains to the race of people or the ethnicity mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and then I also care a lot about, you know, being Jewish culturally. Um, and the traditions of it, the food. And I do, you know, like we light the candles for, for Hanukkah. And I say a per, the prayer just because I have it memorized. I don't know what the words mean. <laughs> and it doesn't, it's not like a religious <laughs> thing like for Selena. me at all. I just know, <laughs> you know, Selena was saying I, Spanish, I just know that I, speak Spanish. Yeah. I just have it like I have the words memorized, uh, the Hebrew words memorized, but it's not a, it's not a religious thing for me at all. But we light the candles and, and the tradition of it is, is important to me. Um, so most Jewish food is pretty awful, um, but we have taken the, the best parts of it <laughs> and uh, made it. Made, Look, the, I wasn't the, the good parts of it are pretty good. <laughs> I, I would not. The, the there were some parts fish, of it I would that, not. I would not recommend. They did like cold salmon that I wasn't really into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but no, but there was there was some really cool parts of it. There was some really good food that I. There, there were some parts of the food that I really enjoyed, and yeah, I just I just enjoyed like getting down with, like I. The thing that I love about holidays and 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 in this case in that experience, them welcoming wel welcoming us into mm -hmm. their holiday, like going out of their way to involve us in their holiday, meant a lot to to me and my family to just be like, yeah, I, I guess I guess like this is a part of you that, and 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 obviously a part of. Um, a lot of people that, you know, because I've had Jewish friends over the years and, and you know, didn't, wasn't 
a part of their celebration. So to them, like to have them welcome us into that, you know, it was something that I took very seriously. It was really yeah. cool. And um, I think that's I think that's how this stuff best works is like, here, let me show you a part of of like my background, our traditions. Um, let me show you what is important to me and then, you know, have that reciprocated and you learn from each other. And we all just kind of try to get along. I, I, was, I think that's a, that was reasonable. <laughs> it seems like it seems like the, the fair thing to ask for. Here. Sounds like it sounds like a good <laughs> sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, yeah I, it's they are and like Christmas is very important to me also. Um, and you know, as a little kid, it was Christmas morning was always the thing, right? And and mm-hmm. for those that are religious, it's also like that, right? It's like the being a little kid in the presents, and you get up and you know open your presents, and you get all excited and can't sleep the night before. So I had I did have all of that as a kid and. You know, it, then it transferred. My excitement was seeing my sister, who is 15 years younger than me. Um, yeah. You know, she was my little kid <laughs> to be able to yeah. watch do that. And that's that's one of my niece and nephew. All of that is is quite a bit of fun. But it like, you know, sometimes my mom will be like, oh, I don't know if we're going to uh, if we're going to come down, you know, for the uh, for Christmas. And, you know, does it matter? And I go, yes, it matters. Like, I care. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, even if I have to go, you know, even if I'm on the road or go to a basket, you know, the Lakers are here normally. Um, it matters to me. Right. I get up and I make my mom, I make my mom brunch and we, we watch, you know, all, all the hoops and, you know, like Thanksgiving, my brother and I used to play in a football game in the morning, but we watch football. We make all the food, right. For Hanukkah, we light the candles and we play dreidel and we have like the traditions of it really matter to me i sound like uh i sound like michael irvin we're losing recipes <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but that's um, that, that shit that shit the tradition of it the food and just like the tradition of it really matter all togetherness all, all, like yeah that you know that matters yeah. to me and i will say here's here's okay here we'll bring this back to basketball the loneliest i don't know if i've told this story literally the uh, the loneliest i've ever been in my life and um I'm a man that has been divorced and I uh, have lived a, it's not terrible being a middle-aged light-skinned divorced guy in LA. Um, it's not Who terrible. has a so Lakers ring. That does not hurt. That does not hurt. <laughs> and I would also like to point out, I am not above using it for nefarious purposes. Uh, sorry, mom. Listen to the show. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Um, she was just like, "Man, it was so wholesome." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but that, honest, that's why being Jewish matters to me is because it's my mom, right? And it matters to to her. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're back. But the and actually, this story is about her also. So the loneliest I've ever been, and this is saying something because I've had my fair share of whatever Loneliness. I've done in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The last time before this year, before this coming uh, game in Dallas, the last time the Lakers were on the road for Christmas was uh, LeBron's first year uh, at Golden State game. Like the the Lakers were like, I don't know, the Lakers, I think, were, were a four seed, right? And playing really well, beat the Warriors. And this is the KD juggernaut Warriors. Um, LeBron gets hurt. Rondo breaks his hand in the same game. and But the Lakers still end up winning. Anyway, so... We normally, and I was, it was LeBron's first year, so I was, I was traveling that year. And normally, the way that it works is if you have a game the following day, you'll leave the day before after practice. It's usually 11 or noon. You leave, you fly to whatever city, you get to whatever city, and you have the whole night and, you know, mm-hmm. try to get a good night's sleep and then 
uh, this if, if you're starting a trip coming from LA, it's very different if you're going from one city to another in the middle of a trip. But because it was Christmas, um, we didn't leave until late on New Year's, or excuse me, Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. uh, normally we would leave at 11 or noon, but we wanted to give everybody a chance to have as much family time as possible because we're going to be gone for Christmas. So we didn't leave LA until, man, it was probably like six or seven. Mm -hmm. Fly to fly to San Francisco, get on the buses, go to the hotel. We get to the hotel. It's maybe 839, something like that. Mm -hmm. You check in and and uh, whatever. So we go down to uh, after that, it's like 10 or whatever. We go down to uh, have I have have a drink with I went down with like to the hotel bar with some of the strength guys and, you know, just whoever random people that were on the trip. Mm -hmm. the, they shut the bar down. It's like maybe 1130. And I go back up to my hotel room and I'm sitting there looking around the hotel room by myself and I go. I, I'm not doing this. This is the loneliest I've ever felt. I am in, it is Christmas Eve and I'm in my hometown. I am yeah. not sleeping in a hotel by myself. This is miserable. <laughs> so I got an Uber, an Uber and went home. I hop in an Uber and go. So it turned to midnight as I'm in the Uber on the way home. So I go up to, you know, I go home. I go up to my old room and my mom didn't know. Uh, and so I go and uh, sleep in my old bed in my old room and leave the door open so that when my mom comes downstairs, she'll see that I'm there. Mm -hmm. And so I get up, I wake up, I see my mom and my mom's crying because I'm home for Christmas. And uh, yeah, yeah. So it was great. But the loneliest I have ever been in my life <laughs> like looking around is at like hotel. 1146. I have better at, options than this. At a random, it's not random. It's a really nice hotel. I won't say where it is because the team still stays yeah. there, but it's a really nice hotel in San Francisco uh, in the city. And I'm sitting on my bed looking around like what am i doing here <laughs> i want to go home yeah <laughs> so christmas matters my mom matters i love you mom even for christmas so uh the traditions of holidays really matters to me so you're like that kid at the at the uh sleepover who's like everybody falls asleep and you're still awake and you're like this is actually really lonely can i just go back home <laughs> this really sucks <laughs> i mean thanks for the oreos but this really sucks <laughs> <laughs> we came actually after my sister opened her presents. I mean, my sister's not a kid anymore, but she opened her presents in the morning. We did go back to the hotel. My mom, my sister, and I went back to the hotel and um, had had uh, had brunch at the hotel for Christmas Day, which was kind of which was fun and cool. And then you know got on the bus and went to the game. But um, actually, it was still yeah, it was still uh, Oracle, so it was back you know over to uh, Oakland to go to the game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Chris, Christmas. Thanksgiving, Hanukkah. I think those are my three. I think those are my three favorites. We should do a holiday yeah. ranking at some point. I think those are my holiday three favorites. Ranking. I don't care about Easter. I don't Boxing care about Day. Halloween. Other than like, it's an excuse for girls to dress how, <laughs> however revealing they want to and not be shamed for it. And I, by the way, I'm for it like 365 days a year. So, uh, <laughs> That one day you're like, how dare you? No, no, not at all. No, I know. I know. I, I, I <laughs> do it up more. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I don't think I think it's I think that's Hanukkah. Uh, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah and Christmas, I think are the are my top three. Don't care about New Year's amateur hour. Certainly do not. Valentine's Day needs to be. They, we need to put a Evolved. bullet in Valentine's Day. <laughs> Defund Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, this is, that's not a good one for me. <laughs> um yeah, I think at some point we'll 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 put a so list I made, together. See, I made I brought it back to the Lakers. I made it about the Lakers. And we there did you go. we worked in a story time. 
All right. So uh, today's show, we are going to discuss, again, like I said at the top, the Lakers reportedly waiting uh, for or hoping for the likes of Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard. Obviously, we've already talked about DeMar DeRozan, those guys becoming available. Um, so I have some thoughts on whether that's worth the wait, which of those guys are, are, are worth the wait. And then, um, yeah, I think we'll we'll just kind of let the, the conversation carry out from there. The second part of today's show was going to be the NFL of, NFLification of the NBA, where there's a lot of me- mediocrity. And uh, the, the nice way of saying mediocrity is to call it parody. And uh, that's the kind of situation that I think we've kind of find ourselves in now with this version of the NBA. And I think it's what they've wanted. I just don't know that we've arrived here, that they're prepared for it. Um, so that'll wrap up the show yeah, yeah. if we get to, get to it. That. Yeah, no, no, that sounds like yeah, so, I do want to talk um, about that. All right. This is from Jovan Buha, um, and he wrote uh, for The Athletic, you know, as the Lakers, again, just kind of sit here and, and, and everybody waits for them to do something. This is what he wrote. Quote, as The Athletic, Shams Karania reported earlier this week, the Lakers have had discussions for Detroit's Boyan Bogdanovich, as well as the Knicks' Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish. In addition, other names that have come up are DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Kuzma, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, Kyrie Irving, and Doug McDermott. Um, all of these players fit the bill as either wings, bigs, or stars. And then he finishes the graph with, in the ultimate pie in the sky. <laughs> all of these. <laughs> That's not so funny. I, I like Yovan's really good. I like Yovan. Yeah. All of these guys are either wings, bigs, or stars. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the ultimate pie in the sky scenario, the Lakers have interest in Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, and Bradley Beal if any of the three stars were to become available. Mm-hmm. End quote. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious thing to say here is, of course, the Lakers would be interested in those players. Correct. So would 29, 29 other teams. Yes. The issue that, that you run into here, though, as the Lakers sit at 11 and 16, is, like I said last night, allowing perfect to be the enemy of good. And and I think heading into the season, had they made a good trade, rather than sit here and wait for a perfect trade, we'd be looking at a very different season. Maybe one with not as high a ceiling, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. but certainly with a lower with, with a higher floor. Mm-hmm. And and I think there would be some momentum carrying beyond this season. But this notion that maybe just maybe. These guys will be made available when Kevin Durant's Nets are now winning basketball games, as the same can be said for Kyrie Irving. Uh, Damian Lillard's Blazers at, are up there amongst the top records in the West, though they've kind of slowed down a little bit. And Bradley Beal, while the Wizards are not, you know, they're, they're, they're closer to the bottom of the lottery than they are the top of the standings, um, Bradley Beal has never made any indication that he wants to leave Washington Right, which would be important in in these public, discussions. Publicly, he has not. Uh huh. And and uh, you know, Washington, um, I think falls under that category that we've talked about before, where like Chicago, Atlanta, Indiana, Washington. Again, like I said, uh, ownership is cool with playing game first round of the playoffs, take in that playoff revenue, call it a season, and uh, Bradley Beal helps you do that. So, yeah, I. Does, does he? I, I don't know. Well, that's does, the, that's. Does, I'm, I'm, does I'm glad a, you mentioned why that. Has, why hasn't Washington been to the? When was the last time? I mean, Washington hasn't been to the playoffs in what? I don't know. A few years. 
I'm like, I'm glad that you he? mentioned that because like if if the Lakers are waiting for the mere opportunity to maybe have a conversation with these teams about these players, Bradley Beal isn't worth that wait to me. No, I don't I, think my, DeMar my DeRozan is, is either. My point is is Brad's a fantastic player. You know, whatever he's pop wherever you put him. I don't know, top twenty or twenty five, thirty or whatever. Right? Bradley Beal is a he's a really really good basketball player. Um. I think but he's good at what think, he does. I think I, I think no, he's, I he's like. fan, no, he's fantastic. He's. I he's think he's good. good. I don't think he's a winning. I don't think I don't. But I don't the, know that so he's here's a winning. The, okay, so here's the point, though. Like you just point, said a second ago, the point is, yeah, right. No, I. But that that's the point. Um, the point is about slotting, and like being cast in the right role. Um, I don't think we we talked last night with Raj about do the Lakers or do I believe uh, because I don't want to speak for the Lakers that LeBron and Anthony Davis could be the one, two on a championship level team. And I said, yes, but the three through 10 really matters with a lengthy pause, a the, lengthy, heavy, the three, the three through 10 really matters. Long, I don't think, I don't think anxious. I don't pause. think Brad Bradley Beal can be the best player on a team with those sort of aspirations. I'm not even sure Bradley Beal can be the best player on like a anybody getting past the first round, but he's a damn good player. And if he is not forced into that role, I think Bradley Beal can be a big contributor to a championship. I just don't I think like how we're saying if he's not forced into that role as if he hasn't signed those contracts. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, sure. But that, but that implies you're getting paid that, like that kind of a player, dude. Yes. Yeah, it, sure. But, but my point, but like, let's go back however, you know, whatever, six years or something. The, the wizards were like, and maybe it's even for yeah, that's about right. The Wizards were like a feared playoff team. And the reason is because John Wall in those days was right there with Bradley Beal as like Yeah. It was and one Otto Porter. And, one and now it's too. and now it's like very clearly Brad's team and he's the guy. And he's a damn good player. He's just not good enough to be the guy, guy on a team that's going anywhere. Right. And to be fair, I, I don't know how many of those guys are there, right? There's six or eight yeah maybe right like kd steph like i'm not sure about Jokic, who's won two back-to-back mvps i don't know if he can do that lebron one day i will understand your hatred of nikola Jokic. i don't have a hatred i i I, he's one of my favorite players to watch i just when you have a center that is that limited defensively you're you can't build a good enough defense to really win anything period end of discussion you can but you have to be your margin for error is really thin. when who who huh when it doesn't like happen, if they if they had if they if they had Drew Holiday as their point guard instead of Jamal Murray, and if they had, you know, a wing who could stay healthy instead of Michael Porter Jr. The problem is it, the problem and if is Aaron Gordon. Aaron like like they were really good last year before correct. Jamal Murray got hurt. What, well, when they traded, they it like it's hard. It's hard for me to hold against when they traded the, for. It was two years ago when they traded for uh, yeah, when they traded right. for Gordon. Yeah, and then and Murray yeah, were, didn't play it all fantastic. last year. It's just it's hard for me to Regular hold season. their their playoff failings against n- the Nuggets when they the only time they've been close to healthy was against the Lakers in the bubble. Since then, they added Aaron Gordon and thus would have improved their team. And they haven't been healthy since they've improved that roster. So like. I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, and I'm I'm not even necessarily disagreeing that ve- vehemently. That like that having Jokic on your team doesn't put extra stress on your on your roster, 
but I would like this is a good this is a pretty good roster that they like their their best lineup. It's a very good where it's it's Murray, it's KCP, it's MPJ, and it's Aaron Gordon around Jokic. That's a group that can defend on the perimeter in a way that that I think helps make up for some of his defensive flaws. And he's so great offensively that you take the defensive flaws. Yeah, he's one of the best. I don't know three or four offensive players in the league. Yeah, Um, and he by himself creates a good offense just by himself with like me you harrison and sabrina you can get a, you can get a good offense if, if we got well, joker with us let's let's not get ahead of ourselves harrison like if you've ever seen harrison do anything athletic whatsoever people make fun of my euro stumble you wonder why you wonder why there isn't any video anywhere of harrison doing anything he's he elon Musk, like, all of that it? if any <laughs> who, who was it who was it was it uh was it jordan crawford i think that dunked on lebron and like the video got wiped <laughs> from Nike, the internet, right? Nike yeah, wiped yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think Harrison is Harrison's play, paying to have that done. Um, uh-huh. All right, so we are. For, the point is, I don't. You can't build a championship level defense if Jokic is your center. That's my point. The playoffs are too predatory. Anyway, um, so hey, we'll bring us we'll, we're far afield. We'll bring us back. Yeah, I mean, of course, the the Lakers have interest in those guys you mentioned. So like what? Well, there's no the story so, here. There's no story here because there is a right, story. If, you, if they are waiting for those think, guys, do you, think, and, do you think the Brooklyn Nets are interested in LeBron? Probably. Like, well, but the the difference is the, the Nets have a better record than the Lakers. They can wait okay, this stuff out. Think, like the, think, like this idea that the, the Lakers thunder, can just wait for these guys while their season slips the, away. Do you think the Do you think the Thunder, the Rockets, they aren't trying to win the right Jazz, now. um, Indiana? Do you think Indiana's interested in LeBron or Anthony Davis? Of course they are. You know who else I'd like? Steph Curry. You know who else I'd like? Joel Embiid. You know, like, of course. You're going to catch a tampering fine. But, <laughs> but like, I... I no, just in I, general. I, Team X, not the Lakers. <laughs> Team but, but you, you, you look, you, you, can, you can try to ignore be, the point. A, you can try to ignore the point all you want. No, but if they're waiting because, for those guys, instead of making a good trade as they wait for the perfect one, mm-hmm. then I think it is a story. Like, that's the story. It's a, that's why people story, are frustrated... By the by the by the like us sending out that tweet, the, the, the hilarious thing is you look at like so we sent out this tweet. Um, where is it? Uh, the Lakers reportedly have interest in in trading for Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, or Bradley Beal. We tweeted that out uh, probably about a couple hours ago, and um, <laughs> the quote tweets of it are all the same kind of joke, right? Uh, the drop set reportedly has interest in receiving 500k in his bank account right. by tonight. Right. Um, let's see, where is it? And I have interest in in Imani Ray, and I said that I have interest in Anna Diarmas, right? And Imani and Ray so on and so forth. The Brooklyn either. Nets have re- reportedly have interest in trading for Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, and Jason Tatum. Right. The difference here, though, even as everybody makes that 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 same joke or that same line of joke, genre of joke, is like Lakers fans in particular, it's also like those jokes are mixed in with what are they doing? Why are they like, they don't, those names are coming up. Of course they have interest in those names, but you can't allow the possibility of maybe those guys becoming available deter you from making a trade that improves your team now. No, I'm not suggesting the Lakers are, but you can. It is a choice to make. You may disagree with that being the correct one, but it is <laughs> okay. It is a choice to make. But but here's the other thing. Here here's this is the part I wanted to say. The reason it's a story 
Well, is because the Lakers and insert star X is always a story. The Lakers, anything is always a story. People know it. It's going to get clicks. It's right. It's why Silver Screen and Roll puts that tweet out because it's going to work, right? Um, no, we no. No, the, the journalistic standards. The we run ethics. all of the, we do nothing but the highest of, yes. of capital J analysis journal, everywhere. Journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, Hashtag press on. Yovan knows what he's doing, right? Like, this also isn't news, right? The Lakers have been rumored to be interested in those guys well before today. This that That's not news. The, um, but it's also, and this is, I think, the interesting part. It's not like conjured out of thin air, right? Because it's not it's not the Lakers are the pie in the sky thought is to mention those people that I mentioned before. It's not Steph Curry. It's not Giannis. It's not Luka. Why is it not those guys? And why is it the guys that were mentioned? Because, well, in Kevin Durant's case, he specifically requested a trade. The other ones, whether truthful or not, have been rumored to be available or possibly available, or at least there have been questions around the league regarding their availability. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's nobody's saying like again, right? Nobody's saying Giannis. Nobody's saying Steph. Nobody's saying Luca, um, because there's no like smoke there at all. So it's not coming. It's not coming like conjured out of thin air, but it's also like. The, the the interest the Lakers may or may not have in those guys has been talked about. I mean, how how long have the Lakers been talked about with Damian Lillard? Five years at this point, right? Like, right. But like, that should that should indicate eventually it's like all right, that's not happening. But the, the, uh, why not? The Blazers why, are good this year. Why would they? Why, why? Why? Why would we yeah. even leak out? Like, why even try to say like, yeah, that's something that we're interested in? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Lakers. I'm not sure the Lakers leaked that out. Well, maybe. But, but I'm saying. But I'm saying like, if 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 that's something that they're they're holding their breaths for, like they're just sitting there with like who said that? Faces are going to no, 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 no. But that's that's your inference. Who said like? Where does it say the Lakers are hold are not doing something, holding out hope that these guys are going to shake loose? Rob Palenka himself said that once they trade this thing, they cannot make another trade like that. And they, you, yeah, because, you talked yes, last correct. night about opportunity correct. cost, right? Correct. And correct. and so, like, if we're talking about opportunity costs, and Rob Palenka himself has talked about this, and then we have these names come out as names that the Lakers see as like a pie in the sky dream scenario, while they haven't made a trade, and and they haven't made trades that have been made available that would have improved the team, then like, yeah, it it does come across as they're waiting for this they're hoping that those guys become available and and i you know are, I just wait, dis- wait 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 you're you're a lakers fan right mm-hmm. aren't you hoping those guys become no available? actually no, you, not you like, don't want you you want, you I, want I no actually, part of any of those guys no not any of them i just don't like i don't know what so bradley beal helps with the shooting doesn't help with the defense damian lillard helps with some creativity helps with the shooting doesn't help with the defense Kevin Durant fixes everything because he's Kevin effing Durant, <laughs> but like, but like DeMar DeRozan, he is good helps with some help helps with some of the creativity. He does create his own shot. And that would help with some clutch time stuff, but him creating his own shot takes the ball out of LeBron's hands. And that doesn't really help. And he's Wait, not good on defense. Clutch time. How did we not tell ta- you and I not talked about, uh, the, the award, the award, well, the new, because, the new award. because I'm not allowing you to take me on one of these tangents okay. again. Right, um, but like, I don't. My point is, like, Demar Derozan would have won the clutch award last year. Last if year, it existed. yeah, yeah, if it existed, yeah. Um, that's what made me think. But it. like, I, I think, I think, like this, this notion, like, I, 
it's really frustrating to me to have won a championship with LeBron, AD, and a bunch of really good role players. Mm-hmm. Like pursue a third star, land that third star, and have that that experience with this third third star go so poorly last year that him still being one of the least efficient players in the NBA this year is seen as some kind of a win. And 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 now like given the opportunity to fix that and go back to the equation, go back to the formula that won that championship last year, and then still go back to we need another star. Like that's it's just I I don't I don't understand it's it's become a caricature of who who the Lakers have been all this time like the yes they okay, have but, gotten but stars outside, they have landed outside. stars they they've won with stars they have two stars the easy part is surrounding the stars with talent the hard like you don't you don't have to go out and get a third star especially in today's era where like almost nobody's relying on three stars but you are you are taking supposition as fact. You were saying mm-hmm. that they are going still for the three star model just because, just because, uh, Jovan because they said, haven't traded for the role play. But, okay. Yes. But that doesn't mean you're, you're making this seem much simpler and easier than it is. Other teams have agendas also, and it does not yeah. coincide with the Lakers' agenda necessarily. There have been tons of reporting and rumors about all sorts of other guys that the Lakers have been interested in, have made calls about. Those guys aren't stars. Those guys mm-hmm. are the kind of role players that you would want. Just because it hasn't happened yet, A, doesn't mean it won't happen, and B, doesn't mean that the Lakers aren't inquiring, trying, looking for the types of guys that you are very strongly suggesting you would want. The deal hasn't yeah, happened yet because... I'll say that, like, I, I would rather have two or three or four better role players than one DeMar DeRozan. I'd rather go out and, and, and get, you know, retool the Lakers depth that has hurt them for the last two years. than hold out hope that maybe just maybe Bradley Beal becomes available. So I, I happen to agree with you. I happen to agree with you. However, there is a list of guys and everybody's list is going to be a different length, but there is a list of guys where I would, where I personally would say, and I think even you would say, "Mm, if it's that guy, I'll risk not having some depth. All right. I mean, let's, we can, I I don't think this is tampering on your part. Let's go like, so Kevin Durant, clearly that guy, right? Clearly that guy. I mean, yeah. Kevin Durant is (laughs) clearly, clearly, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant shows my, up and fixes everything. I think Kevin Durant is the third best player in the NBA. And perhaps the most like versatile, malleable, can do everything guy. Yes. Yeah. He he's gonna go down as one of the most underrated players ever. Um so Kevin Durant, clearly that guy. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, not that guy to me. For a host of reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that guy to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um how do you not have in your in your little uh, clip computer thing? How, yeah, you're not that guy, that. pal. Yeah. How do you not have that? <laughs> um, the, uh, so I, I made the joke that like I'm gonna start ignoring all of my familial duties to wait for Ana de Armas to be made available. Yeah. And I just pictured Jen. <laughs> Jen. She doesn't. Li- she doesn't. She doesn't follow you on Twitter and doesn't listen to this show, does she? Right. But I'm just. I'm just right. picturing her coming across that tweet and being like, "I'm like, what do you say? Fuck me for." <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Anna de Armas. Yeah. Um, but person? anyway. I'm looking. So, at, I'm, 
again, Kevin Durant, that guy. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving, not that guy. Bradley Beal, not that guy to me. This, that's fine, but the point is there is like it's Demi a sliding Lillard, scale. Not that guy. My point is there's a sliding scale, right? And so it's not, it's a moving target. It's not just like, this is the only way that works or this is the well, only way that works. But Both like, ways, either think, way can work. You just have to get again, it right. Like if you're using, if you're allocating all of your resources into getting one of these <laughs> names here, right? It would take everything to get Bradley Beal. It would take everything to get Damian Lillard. It would still probably take everything to get Kyrie Irving. It would clearly take more than everything to get Kevin Durant, right? I'm willing to give up more than everything for Kevin Durant. I'll mm-hmm. start. I'll, I'll start making second round picks out of NFTs if I have to to go out and get, <laughs> to go out and get Kevin Durant. Can it be? Can it be of you leading the protest outside of Staples Center? That's what right, I want like, the NFT to be. I will start. I will start doing whatever I have to to, to be able to go out and get Kevin. And a pitchfork and a torch. <laughs> But I'm not willing to use all of my resources to get DeMar DeRozan. I'm not mm-hmm. willing to w- use all of my resources to get Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard even. Like, those guys are good. So that same But the Lakers need more than just that one player who's like a really cool name. Unless, unless that guy is that guy. Right, but Durant isn't going to be available. Can we just I, say, like, he's not going to be available. I don't know. Especially I, not for, the la- for what the, the Lakers man, can the give man, up. Re- the man requested, publicly requested a trade. Four months ago, three months yeah, ago, yeah, and was like, told to go sit down in a corner, and went and sat down in the corner. <laughs> they are, they are, they are playing. They are playing. They are playing well, and it's it has been good to see Ben Simmons sort of look like himself. It's not he's looking like himself. It's looking like he's not miserable playing basketball, which has been yeah. good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, your point about you would be willing to give up everything for this guy, and not this guy, and not this guy, and not this guy also has to be applied to what you would consider role players, right? The lesser guys. Mm-hmm. There is a sliding scale of what is good enough for this and not this, or like this guy or this package and not this one. And I think I've said this on the show. I think I did say that. I mean, maybe I said it yesterday, but a concern. And, and again, I have said, I think I haven't seen anything worth both, both picks yet. I haven't seen anything yet that's worth that, which has caused me to advocate for splitting them up, which is an idea that has been pursued. Mm-hmm. Um, the question, though, becomes, and maybe if I said this last night, maybe I did, and I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, but not everybody listens to every show, even though you should. You should. Um, my, the fear is, um, and this, and Rob and I have had this conversation, and he brought this up. If you split them up, the order of operation matters, right? If you do one pick with this package and one pick with that package and get back two things in trade or three things in trade, whatever, two packages in trade, Mm -hmm. the order of operations matters because like there may be something out there for Russ that's not out there for the less less (laughs) lower financial option. Um. Well, literally, mathematically, but, like right, but but is... but but then the question is: Does whatever you would be willing to get or wanting to get for Russ an opportunity out there? Does that take both picks? So, I have advocated or proposed maybe you trade Pat and Nun and a pick for one thing, and then you get to say, "Hey, Team X, Y, or Z," that seemingly is saying, "Okay, we'll do something for Russ, but it's going to take both picks." you get to kind of play chicken with them and say, we only have 
one pick. So take it mm -hmm. or leave it. The problem with that, though, becomes what if something that is worth it to you for Russ and two picks shakes loose and then you go, oh, fuck, we already we don't have that. Anymore. Well, but that's but that is by definition paralysis by analysis. Right. But you waiting, have to you have to waiting consider, for perfect. You have to consider all the options. I'm not saying you do. You, you, you have you to don't consider choose. it. But there but are also, opportunity costs. But you also have to you also have to consider the present context, right? You say it all the time. You have to you have to address reality as reality reality. Deal with reality on reality's terms. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, the reality is the Lakers are eleven and sixteen, and mm -hmm. that they, um, while Russell Westbrook has been good by Russell Westbrook as a Lakers standards, he hasn't been good by NBA players standards, and he and he certainly Correct. hasn't been good. By forty-seven million dollar NBA player standards, correct. And this idea that, like, yeah, we'll just sit here and continue to wait for the perfect move, rather than address the the roster with and and look, you're right. That doesn't have to be what they're doing here. But I'm saying that if that is at all playing into this, and they're con and if they are waiting for, you know, one of these names to become available, and in and and in doing so foregoing improving this roster and improving their chances of getting into the playoffs and not just the play in game, mm -hmm. then that's something that deserves some criticism. And it that at I, least that I, that I agree with. I do not think the Lakers are waiting for superstar X name to shake loose. I do think the Lakers will make a trade. I think so far, again, I haven't seen anything that has been worth it to me, but again, that's a different standard for different people. And clearly is it, that's a standard that has not been met for Rob yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think the Lakers are going to make a move or multiple moves. I think there will be trades or trade or trades um, this season. And I, I, I think it's, but will they happen? Like, look, this again, they are 11 and 16 and yeah, mm -hmm. like the Warriors are probably going to slip pretty, pretty significantly because not only did we get news of, of Steph now missing time because of the shoulder labrum, uh, Draymond Green apparently is going to be missing at least one game here with a quad injury. Draymond so Green like, is has separation anxiety from Steph and doesn't want to do it. It's like <laughs> when Steph got hurt the other day, it was Indiana. I think it was Indiana. Draymond's like, "Fuck this! I'm not out here without Steph." And got ejected immediately. <laughs> Fuck this! That, actually, I want to research this. I get, I'm going to start talking. To I get Brady. exposed. He's like, "I get How exposed often? without Steph." <laughs> All the stuff <laughs> right. that I supposedly Hold do. On. I have to shoot without Steph. <laughs> this shit doesn't work. I like all my only value is I'm an all world defender. I yeah. have to actually show what I could do myself offensively without man. Fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> they also didn't have Wiggins <laughs> or Clay, but Draymond was like, man, fuck this, I am out of here. Um, there, there, yeah. that, that is a thing that Warriors man. If you look at like Warriors Twitter, Sam and Andy, and you know all the Warriors world and all those guys, uh, there is a they, there is like a conspiracy theory that. Draymond wants no part of this without Steph. <laughs> without Steph's Steph. gone out. Yeah, it's a fun, that's a that's a great theory. It's a tremendous bit. It well, is a really 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 what, good. What bit. year was it? Uh, was it the year that that? So it was after the Warriors. What they, was it? Eighteen nineteen that the Warriors lost to uh, Toronto and and you know KD got hurt and then left and Clay got hurt so he wasn't playing and then Steph got hurt like five games in. And mm -hmm. so it was, there was no clay, there was no Steph, there was no KD anymore. And he said Draymond it was hard played, to play. <laughs> Draymond played like 30 games and was like, man, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> and then, let's see, if, if, if I'm remembering this correctly, that team was terrible, had an opportunity to take LaMelo they Ball. Were they were terrible. Instead took, 
Instead, they took James Wiseman. I think that's that's worked out really well, right? Uh, I would I would say it has not worked particularly well so far. No, I would say it has not. Speaking of Lamelo, like, Lamelo is is it is it tonight? Lamelo, I think he's he's coming back. I know Hayward is is getting ready to come yeah. back at some point too. Which Michael Jordan's um, like absolutely not. Both of you go back to the bench. <laughs> we have seven wins, and I'd like to keep it that way. All right, look, I know that. I know people enjoy tinfoil theory. This isn't even a tinfoil thing. Like I, I can remove the tinfoil as I say this. No chance whatsoever. The NBA allows Victor Wembanyama to go to Charlotte. No chance whatsoever. None. It's not happening. I'm sorry, Charlotte. I mean, David Stern's ghost would show up and freeze a, a, a goddamn envelope with the with the Patrick Ewing envelope. Yeah, like, <laughs> um. So my only, they flattened like, the odds. They even like made the it. Conspiracy They made it easier. Fun. I don't. They made it easier the, to like like to to explain it too. Like I'm sorry, guys. We flattened the odds. Everybody else, see, you know, New York just happened to have a really high chance. And of we let everybody. Crazy in. thing. Yeah, we let we let and they let people into the uh, the lottery room. Mm-hmm. Now, um, all the reporters, but you can't bring your phone. Mm-hmm. So, if we are going to go with the theory that the NBA lottery is not entirely on the up and up. I happen to think it is. I don't think necessarily it always was. I do happen to think it is because like Orlando is really that exciting for the NBA. Um, yeah, but like the Paolo Bancaro was not Victor Wimbanyama. Paolo Bancaro has been, he's maybe phenomenal. The be- he's maybe the best rookie. I mean, he's hurt, but he gets, uh, but maybe the best rookie, like, but he's not, he's not LeBron. the same kind of like, come on. He's not the same. No, I agree. No, no, no. I agree. Victor I agree. Is. People were not like specifically trying to lose games for him. Mm-hmm. Um, like they seem to be for, I, you know, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but mm-hmm. how they seem again, to be. you watch the Lakers late in these games. And I, I, I have questions. The, so the, on my only pushback, if, if, if the NBA would like certain people to be certain places, is look charlotte is not one of those glamour markets Mm -hmm. uh i've also not had a good time there the hotel is nice but i have not had a good time there uh it was terrible soul food and i was very upset and it was raining um but michael jordan is there so like that kind of connection makes it probably better than insert like little tiny small market random midwestern place x yeah fair I mean, like, do they want, would they, would the league want him there? Probably not. But would they prefer that to OKC? Probably. Utah, Utah, probably. Minnesota, even though Minnesota's good. Like, Minnesota, probably. I I just, I'm not going to be exactly shocked if he shows up in the biggest market that is still finance, like, uh, mathematically feasible. That's all I'm saying. So then Houston. And it's not even, like, it's not even like, we already know the answer to that then. Houston. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be some, like, you know, it's the biggest market that makes some mathematical sense. You know? Houston is the answer then. Yeah. And by the Houston. way, here's here's where I'll say the 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 controversial thing. Good on the league. Good. Really? You like it? I do. I kind of do too. I mean, I think Good. the lottery shouldn't exist, but that's another yeah. that's another conversation. I think I think yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. I think I think actually a lottery makes more sense for the NFL than it does for the NBA. And I I saw that MLB brought in a lottery that makes zero sense. It's 160. You're going to force your fans know, to yeah, watch no 162 Wait a second. games There's of a shit baseball? My well, hold on. <laughs> my you don't A's? even guarantee the best pick. My, my A's. <laughs> Like, this is the entire purpose of the the, the, the like the old like the Sixers. What is what the A's don't get the first pick anymore when they go forty one and a hundred and poor bastards saw one hundred and thirty losses last year. Yeah, what <laughs> drafting like fifth. what is going on? The A's keep sending out like I look baseball was my first love and I used to be really into it and yeah I, I just can't I don't like I don't have the bandwidth for it anymore. Um, yeah, mostly because your A's are just awful. That that has a lot <laughs> to do with awful it. You know what's fans. funny is they go to the playoffs like all the time and then they just like yeah. trade everybody who's any good. So <laughs> the A's have been like sending, I think it was on, I don't know if it was Instagram or Twitter. To be fair, I don't like follow baseball as closely anymore as I used to. So I don't know all the players and the nuances of everything and like everybody's 40 man roster anymore. I used to. But the A's like sent out you know, whatever. I think they the A's just traded a catcher who was best known yeah. for getting hit, like taking a hit by pitch in the ass and you know be like, oh, he, he got juicy booty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, yeah, to... got traded to the Braves, who they mm-hmm. seem to send all everybody to. And so the A's sent out like a four or five slide Instagram, which is like welcome so and 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 so to the A's. I'm like, yeah. It's like six guys. I'm like, I've never heard of any of you. I don't. Yeah. There was one dude who played. There's a bunch of prospects. Oh, this dude was the eighth best prospect in the Brave system. Okay, cool. I always marvel. I always find myself marveling because like the NFL is kind of the perfect entertainment enterprise, right? Like you have, you now have this NCAA playoff thing where you're going to see that that most more more often than not you're going to see some of the top picks in that thing. Absolutely, and those games are crazy. Those are crazy, um, you know, crazy get crazy viewership, and and then those guys show up, and then it's every Sunday, and and it's only se- seventeen games now. You have fantasy football. That's this giant thing. And it has everything. Like football has everything gambling. going for it. Not even Jerry Jones can fuck up football, the right? Gambling. Yeah, and, and gambling, right? But and and then I like I, I so like football is yeah, like the perfect. Not even like, Jones, <laughs> <laughs> but like like it's just like Robert this perfect Kraft getting happy endings. Yeah, it's just like this perfect entity for what like Americans value, right? Yeah, and baseball violence <laughs> is what you mean. Violence is what you mean, right? Well, but like everything about it, it's the violence, it's how few games they play, it's the times of those games, it's the presentation of those games, yeah. it's the analysis of those games. I think football analysis is so miles ahead of all of basketball analysis on a national level. Like everything about the NFL, they have they have figured that out. They have figured out sports marketing. Yeah, baseball is the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it's just a mess. Well, and you know Everything. what's so funny? It's we almost we, we almost see like we don't know who the the players like the best player that's it, like what best it is. prospect in baseball is. You we don't what? like Shohei Itani is like the should be the the most marketable player across all of sports right now. He's doing stuff mm-hmm. they have literally never seen before. And yeah. baseball's just like I don't know. They play in Anaheim. Like well, here's the but here's the, thing, here's the you know what's funny is so like uh, the NBA markets players like their stars the nfl markets teams and not players because nobody knows who the players are 
Baseball doesn't either. <laughs> Baseball just like <laughs> they just do neither. And I think part of it is like xenophobia from from Americans. Because oh, yeah. a lot of the best players are not. Like we guys. see that with Giannis, right? We see we we see it with Giannis that like he should be more marketable than he is, and and Americans and it, like it drives me insane that like Gilbert Arenas will go out there and find any excuse to knock Giannis's game, and it's just like just say just say he's not from here, just say it. You didn't see him in a in AAU, just say yeah, it. Harden just come too, out and say right? it. Yeah, Harden. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's um, let's let's actually use that as a segue for the for the final topic of of the show, the NFLification of the NBA, mass mediocrity framed around uh, parody, and I I don't know that the NBA. I understand why they wanted to arrive here, but I don't think they've done any preparations if they ever did arrive here. We don't. I don't think there's enough done to present. I just talked about it, Giannis. I don't think there's enough done to present small markets um and and look this is kind of hypocritical of me because i'm still i'm the same guy who just said it's good on the league to get victor Wembanyama to a big market fine but that's i say that because the nba only knows how to market big markets only knows how to market lebron and steph they only know how to market the lakers and the warriors and like two other teams and you know until nba fans i think start watching out of market games that are not their own, then mm-hmm. I think the Laker the the league is better off trying to prop up the 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 bigger markets and trying to like the 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 whole luxury tax system is way too punitive. Like they they need to find a way to allow for a juggernaut to exist again that everybody can root against, and that and that's their that's their safest path to to marketability right now and so that's, you know that's, maybe that changes but but right now I, I think that's just where we're at yeah so that's the the thing and i and i mentioned it about um the nba marketing stars and the reason they do that is because it works and because that's what we consumers we mm-hmm. not you and i specifically but we want because it works when stars um, are so much more marketable in the nba they're right yeah, but, there. but part of it, part of it like is naked yeah, correct. in front of us, <laughs> but part of it is, part of it is like, I, part of it is, I think is a, is a necessary evil because, um, like it's, it is about the, the league is about Steph and LeBron. Um, and it will be for the foreseeable future. Will that like go past its expiration date? Yeah, probably. And is the NBA slow to adapt to changes like that? Like, when are we going to see the push for Giannis or Luca or Jason Tatum or whoever, you know, whoever the next group is or, or Ja or whatever. But part of it is, yes, it is about those two guys. And yes, it would be good to, or Zion or whoever, like it would be good to get the next group coming in all of these other places. But those guys that are the next group and are the superstars, the marketable guys also tend to like to go to the, places like yeah. golden state like the lakers like the clippers like brooklyn like mm-hmm. so part of it becomes like part of it is kind of cyclical. i like how you didn't list the knicks that's incredible yeah because they don't get anybody james dolan is so bad they at don't get any well i mean look jalen brunson my, my yeah, apologies like yeah but like, you're saying look, you're saying the thing without saying it yeah i mean like where do guys go and right like mark cuban is a good owner i mean the like in office stuff is weird whatever right but like Houston's a huge place. 
um, a huge city, huge market. They've gotten some guys, but it's not, it hasn't been, it hasn't been through free agency. Mm -hmm. Like free agents, the best players in the world, the free agents, the guys that have their choice of anywhere to play, they go like five places. They go to Golden State. They go to the Clippers. They go to the Lakers. They go to Brooklyn now. And they go to, they go to Miami. That's it. Like there's the list, right? Um, and so part of it is like human choice. Like if those guys want, if the stars want to live there, then those are the guys that are going to get marketed. Part of it's chicken and egg. Um, you know, like did LeBron's brand elevate the Lakers? Yes. Did the Lakers brand elevate LeBron? Yes. Right. So part of it's like chicken and egg, but if that's where guys want to go, that's where they're going to get marketed. That's where they're, those guys are still going to get marketed and there. And those teams are going to, because they're going to have the best players generally. Um, but isn't that I kind of the think... point? Like that's that's the that's the the part of this that the league has to figure out a way to address. Yeah, but and how? How? Whether They've it's tried. giving them more, whether it's whether it's giving them more nationally televised games, giving fewer nationally televised games to the Lakers, you know, but, um, you yeah, know, what the, what I, like? Here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. No, I I, I know here's, what you're about to say. You is want that to, like you want to like it's going to cost them money to do. You it. want the NBA to condition fans in a different direction. And you know why the NBA puts the Lakers on as many times as they can? Because that's watch. what people want to see. Right. No, I look, I'm not disagreeing. And how you're many, saying uh, I want, I'm many, not saying I want any of this. Like I, like I, I I'm, I'm asking how many if bucks it's a, games, how many bucks games have you watched outside? I'm saying of, it's what the, the NBA wants. It's not what I like. I'm not talking about what I want here. Like what I want. I, I honestly don't care. Like the Lakers are a big market. They're going to benefit from this. They, they benefit from the current system. Like that doesn't really matter to me what I want, mm-hmm. but clearly what the NBA wants is more parity, right? Like they didn't just arrive here. Well, no, why do like, you think this that, didn't though? just happen? I'm not sure. I, this year might be like a might be. Last year was outlier. the same thing. Last year was a last year was wide open too. Like yeah, the, this I mean, is. It wasn't. I, I think. Because, like, I think part of it. I Warriors think part of again. it is the Warriors that, have won four out of eight. The Warriors won again. So is it like is it open? Yeah, well, it was it was wide open until like the very end of it. Like, I, like it. Do you 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 knew going into that final series that the, that the Warriors were just going to beat? No, but I told you Boston. before the play. No, but I told you before the. I thought the Warriors would beat Boston, but I also told you, I don't know, with a month left in the regular season, that there were three teams that could win the title: the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Bucks, and that the Warriors yeah. were going to face off against whoever won the Bucks and Celtics series. Mm-hmm. And I didn't and I did not know who was going to win. I think the, I think the Bucks would have beaten the Warriors. I, and you, I, and I, I just I, I think it's possible. It, it might just be that this is an outlier and that we were returned back to this. But I think there's a couple factors here that would lead me to lead me to believe that we aren't um, mm-hmm. one. I think the amount of backlash that, you know, Kevin Durant specifically has gotten from the way that he has done business has scared some players away from moving too much. They might make one jump. They mm-hmm. might they might they might go to one market, but I I don't think they're going to they're looking at Kevin Durant, who is probably going to wind up being the most underrated player in the history of the sport because of the way that he jumped around at, at during his career, right? Um and specifically like the places that he wound up in, right? He goes to he goes to Golden State after they beat him in a in in a game 7. And then he leaves Golden State after getting everything that he wanted from Golden State, and he goes to Brooklyn to get everything that he wanted from Brooklyn, gets everything that he wanted from Brooklyn, and then demands a trade. It's not and going think, so well yet. Yeah, and I think I think players are kind of looking at that and saying, like, mm, 
you know, I'm not going to be the next. <laughs> well, like, I think- I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the per like I, and I think like what LeBron did when he left Cleveland the first time to go to Miami, right. That mm-hmm. required some, that, that didn't happen much before, you no, know, that was, and, and, and I, you know, that it required an, an amount Shout of bravery Gray. on his part to, to be able to do that. Right. What's that? Shout out Jim Gray. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think like, you know, the, the, we're probably, there are some things that, I think the league has done, I think flattening the, the, the lottery odds um, and forcing teams to be more competitive over the course of the regular season. They have this midseason tournament that apparently yeah, they're trying to get us to care your, about the regular season more. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and those, but like you can't get people to care about the regular season. If your stars only care about a few games out of the regular season. Well, if and, they, if they incentivize the stars enough, if they give them enough money, yeah. they'll, they'll care about this. I, mean, I you think, would think that some of the supermax contracts should be enough money, but you know, what am I saying? <laughs> Well, if you're if you're gonna, a, if you're gonna, gonna if the guys from the guys' perspective, from the guys' perspective, if they're gonna play the same number of games anyway, right? If they're not increasing the number of games and they at this tournament, and you know whatever the winner, each they all get a million or two million or five million or whatever it is, who cares? But if there's a number where even LeBron James, if he doesn't have to play extra games, yeah. as he would, you know, if it's still an 82 game season. And I can make whatever number I can make for winning this thing. Like that's going to matter to him. It'll matter to everybody. I think. Do you, do one you of think the really though good... that like like this amount of mediocrity, this m- amount of parity is good for the NBA, given how they know to market? I don't. So, I don't think NBA. it's intentional. And I think you made a good point. Like right as you were leading into this, that because the talent has been distributed a little bit more than normal, there isn't the big villain, right? There isn't the everybody that everybody loved to hate, right? Like Toronto fans hating LeBron because he just kicked their ass in Cleveland and Miami every year. Or, you know, everybody loved like the plucky up and coming little team that could Warriors and then they won and then they kept winning and then they got Kevin Durant and everybody went, okay, now I'm watching just to see the Warriors lose. Yeah. Um, so I do think like a villain would be useful. Um, but I, I think one of the reasons we may be seeing more parody is because, and I think this could be an outlier is because we've seen something that we don't usually see uh, in this past off season. And that was the big trades, the big, like go get a star trades, which usually happen, you know, Anthony Davis going to the Lakers that which usually happened for those kind of markets went to markets where that doesn't normally happen. Um, you know, Atlanta giving up, what it was it? Three picks. I think it was for DeJounte Murray, Minnesota giving up everything on planet earth for Rudy Gobert. Like those kind of trades don't usually, or even Cleveland, uh, getting Donovan Mitchell, those kind of trades and those kind of star, superstar, all-star borderline, all-star, whatever it is, those kind of, uh, acquisitions usually don't happen in places like Minnesota, Atlanta, and Cleveland. So all of those things happening in the same off season, I think has distributed the star talent more and into places where it generally isn't. And and by the way, look at what the stuff that Utah happened to get back has proven to be pretty damn useful. So mm-hmm. I think it is, I think the distribution of talent is different this year than it normally is, but I'm not sure that this is like a, Here's a, a, para, a paradigm shift. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only one way to really find out, right? One way to find is out, to, as I like to say, <laughs> is, is, is to, to find see out. where things go from here. Um, and and look, like I, you know, the Warriors are kind of one move away from 
from becoming like that kind of warriors again, right? If they ever do decide to move some of their young guys and bring in somebody of Bradley Beal's stature, um, you know, if they were to bring, if they were to pull that off, then yeah, I would, I would probably say we're back to having a villain again and, and we'll see like how much more viewers or how fewer viewers that, that the Lakers or that the league, I keep on doing that, that the, it's like the Lakers are the league to me. Um, that's the Freudian they are. slip. They are, they are, but like, but, but like if it, like, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how things go here and look like, you know, owners around the league's response to Joe Lacob being willing to eat as much luxury tax that he, that he's been willing to eat, um, owner's response to just Steve Ballmer in general, like it's one first above all else. It's hilarious to me. Like it is really funny to me to see billionaires be like wealth inequity, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> There's a wealth disparity in this league. We this gotta do something fair. about it. Right. <laughs> but like point zero 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 one percent of the point zero 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 one percent. It's not fair. The They're taking in more revenue than us, and it makes it really difficult <laughs> for yeah. us to operate in the same this is unacceptable. market. Yeah. You assholes. Um, like that's the, the, you know, I find myself laughing at that, but I also find it interesting. And, and like, look, if enough owners feel that way and they do do whatever they can to depress the amount or make it more punitive for those owners to pay those kinds of taxes, then you will see more of the parody. Like that yeah, is know, how that plays you know, out. You know, I doubt it. Well, I doubt it for two reasons. Um, well, because More that opinion. revenue gets shared. Yeah, like one that. because those guys, <laughs> That's number one. those 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 owners of the smaller markets, that by the way, sometimes but not always, like there is not a the the market size to ownership wealth is not like it's not connected at all. Some of the richer owners in the league are some of the smaller market owners. Um, that's one reason I don't think it's going to happen. The other reason it's not going to happen is because there isn't inequality and those glamour franchise teams and thusly their glamour franchise owners have more pull around the league. So generally what is good for them is more likely to happen because they have more pull around the league, right? It's like uh, in the NFL, they always talk about, uh, you know, like what's going to happen. Well, what's going to happen around the NFL is whatever Jerry Jones wants, because he has the most pull of all the owners and basically can hire and fire the commissioner. Like he is, he's the alpha. He is the guy among all the owners. So he has more pull, more sway. He has better relationships, can get more guys, to, guys and girls, women, men to vote in his way. So the, those owners, those like glamour franchise owners, tend to have more sway around the league and are more likely to get what is beneficial to them, which is also beneficial to the league because those are the teams in, in uh, cities that matter. Sorry, Charlotte, <laughs> Oklahoma city, the worst city in the NBA. Yeah. It's, it's sorry, Sacramento, yeah. Sacramento. Sorry, Minneapolis. There's parts of Sacramento that are pretty nice. I would love to go to Minneapolis, but that's because I'm a Vikings fan. All right. Um, the the, the new arena, out, Golden One, is really nice, and the hotel is right across the street. They've look Min Minnesota has and Minneapolis has done whatever it can to be more Minneapolis is sorry, you know, it's fine. It's fine. presentable. At least they have for they have, pros, they have land bridges, so you don't really have to go outside. Yeah, Cleveland. Um, all right. 
San Antonio. I want to. I want to. I want to hear about your your. Oh, all right. So my Master Chef experience. Well, Master Chef, so, thank you. So this was. Um, and by the way, for those of you who just want basketball, that's going to do it for basketball. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, if you just like listening to Aaron and me bullshit about his like his story times, then then stick around. So this is well, it's it's kind of a Lakers thing. This was at the behest of actually Jeannie. She was like, you should do this. So um, another friend that another person that used to come to games was uh, in casting and she knew people at, in MasterChef casting and uh, Jeannie and this woman and another uh, one of Jeannie's really close friends, Stacy, like bullied me and not bullied me, encouraged me to do it and pushed for it. So this other woman, Stacy, uh, excuse me, uh, Robin um talked to whoever she knew at MasterChef casting and was like hey i got a guy i want to send me away like no special treatment but just gotta get like what does he need to do like to apply to go do it and she said oh yeah he comes here and does this and i'll make sure that he knows the process so it was God, was it in burbank i think it was burbank or pasadena it was that like a that's where most of those things happen well this was so it was at a uh like I don't know, like Hollywood uh, holiday Inn or something. It was in like mm. some, so uh, the, there was hundreds and hundreds of people there. So you go and um, you know, sign in, you fill out some forms and the way that it works is there are hundreds and hundreds of people at this casting. And whatever time you get called, you go into a conference room, boardroom kind of area with like, I think it's 30 people in each one. And you already have to have your food made. You already have to have it created. You do not get access to a kitchen. You do not get access to, you, there's no stoves. There's no refrigeration, none of it. And what are you uh, auditioning for? Like, is it just personality, I guess? So, well, no, your food is going to be there, but you just don't, you have to bring it with you. You don't have a, so that, that has to factor into what dish you're going to bring. Yeah. Because, like you can't do make. scallops there. Cause like they're right, going to leave all not, over you whatever. You're not cooking a la minute is what they, you're not like cooking there. Yeah. Um, so I would just do Italian because all Italian food gets better the longer it sits in the sauces. Yeah, but but it's gonna be like yes, but then do you want it? But do you want it like soaking up too much sauce and getting soggy? Right. These are. But this is. I mean, no, I so think this is. I'm this literally is about to eat some leftover spaghetti, and I cannot is, wait. This is this is part of it, right? This is. Yeah. I'm sure this is part of their thought process about, you know, uh, what you can thinking, what's gonna work, what's gonna hold up, etc. So, um. You get called into the room. I don't know. I was waiting a couple hours. You get called in the room. There's like 30 people and they have those like, you know, those tables they use like in WWE, you know, that you like throw through somebody through the table, you know, those like long banquet, like fake wood banquet tables. They have them set up in a, in a, uh, not a circle, but like a oval kind of around the entire room and people, all 30 contestants are around it. And you have, I want to say, was it three minutes or five minutes maybe? to like plate your dish you don't get to there's no heat there's no water there's no anything but you get to plate your dish. you have time to plate your dish and then um gordon ramsay's culinary team mm -hmm. comes around and they taste taste the food and then you hang out then then somebody else comes around and then they but you do you get to like your story it? like yeah oh, okay. they do they story, come up okay. to you two people come up to you and you kind of tell them about yourself and tell them about the dish and then they they you know go around eat the dish see if you're interesting I guess see what the food is like and then um, 
you they say you know numbers so and so so and so so and so and so and so hang out everybody else can go so i made it through that round and then you're still hanging around you go down we went downstairs and then you meet like the tv producers and at that point it's not i don't it's not really about your food anymore now it's about is there a story that we can construct are you a character for tv so mm. they kind of i don't know i went in that room with maybe like 10 12 people and then they ask you about your yourself why are you interesting you give your you know one minute elevator pitch about why you're mm. interesting or what your story arc could be would you would you cook do you remember i do i made shrimp and grits um which i was nervous about. it's one of my signature dishes and it's delicious i was worried about grits has a tendency to like clump up to kind of seize up mm -hmm. um and um you know obviously shrimp can get overcooked very easily so i undercooked i made i made i undercooked the shrimp slightly and i um the grits i made looser than normal and i like mm. had packed all i had packed all the little accoutrements all the stuff you know the little garnishes and stuff that i put with it and i had one bag that had uh hot water bottles in it to kind of keep stuff warm and then i had another bag yeah. that had cold stuff in it to keep the the cold stuff cold and it ended up plating well although i forgot uh i often do like a little balsamic glaze on it um drizzle which i forgot in the bag so uh, <laughs> but anyway i go talk to i go talk to the producers the tv producers i don't know i say some stuff that's interesting about me and um they go okay did cool. you, see you have a lakers ring uh i did not have a lakers ring at that time this was before this was before. Gotta go back. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so then we're like, okay, we'll call you back. So then I went back and did another thing. And then I went back and did another thing. And finally I asked, uh, because I'd never watched a show before. I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch Master Show. So I say, um, what? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm show. not into it. I'm not into it. Um, I watch a lot of cooking shows, but I'm not into, I'm not into Matt. I don't watch a lot. I do watch competition shows, Beat Bobby Flay and uh, Guy's Grocery Games and stuff. Anyway, so I, uh, I'm, I get called back and I, I'm emailing back and forth and I get called back and a couple of weeks later I go meet with the producers again and it seems like the, it's all progressing well and I go, because I don't watch the show and I say, um, so when are we shooting this uh, theoretically? Because from what I had seen, they normally shoot it in the summer. So I'm like, yeah, but when are we shooting this? And they go, oh, we're shooting this. In, this was maybe in like November or something like that. They go, oh, we're gonna shoot. We're shooting in this February, and I go, uh, no, we're not. We are not shooting this February. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to thank you for your time, and I am going to have to respectfully decline. Um, I can't. You turned down Master Chef. I can't. Well, I, I, I was not like it. It wasn't to the final part of it yet. Um, so I had not been accepted. I no, had you just say, through. just say like, screw those people. I did. I, I turned know. down Master Chef. Yeah. yeah, I turned down Master. Gordon Chef. asked for you specifically, and you're Me like, I'm "Sorry, yeah. Gordo." And I turned down, I turned down Master Chef. I was going to, uh, I was going to win the whole thing, but I turned it, I turned it down because I didn't, I could not be sequestered in some restaurant slash house for up to eight weeks without being able to leave in the middle of basketball season. That was not going to work for me. So <laughs> I thought they well, were going to shoot it over the summer, and I was be like, I mean, I can miss summer league. I don't know if I have to. And like. <laughs> Be on Master Chef, I'll miss Summer League, I guess, but no. 
how much how, like, um, how much uh, how much draft prep does Rob really need from me this year? I'm I'm cooking. <laughs> I need to make a souffle in some. You just start telling Rob to trade all the picks forever so that you can go on MasterChef. See, so I go every even every more summer. reason. Thank like you, as we're finding out that the Lakers are apparently waiting for two to four more weeks, apparently uh, the end of December through mid January to make a move. So like <laughs> you need to you start pressing him. Is part of it, huh? I think you know what I think. Uh, you know what was funny? You know who I was? I think man, I think it was. I ended up scout. I think it was at Jarrett Culver. I ended up like was kind mm-hmm. of my scout in March Madness, and then was over. You know, draft stuff. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Culver's turned into not much, but uh, yeah, like how much do we really need here? I can go on MasterChef, we'll miss Summer League and the draft. It'll be fine. All right. Well, you need to audition again and and miss whatever time you have to. Although still do mm. the show because um, mm. I want regular check-ins from MasterChef. I guess you're not allowed to tell anybody that like. Correct. How that's going, right? Because yeah. like there's people who gamble on those that stuff. Hmm. Well, I, you're not, you're sequestered. Yeah. You're, you're so, I mean, I think you can probably tell people you're going on, but once you enter the show, see, like, that's even more reason for you. Like, you wouldn't have to talk to me for like eight months. (laughs) No, I think it's up to eight weeks, I think is the longest. No, that's like two, that's two solid months of me not, I would be sad. No, I would be sad. It would be the second, really, it was second loneliest I've ever been. Mid January or mid, 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 no, late December, mid January. We still have to wait again. Another arbitrary deadline. is Is there, if there's a way I can work these eight weeks into the time leading up to the trade deadline, I think maybe we're onto something here. <laughs> we just need them to to film around your your NBA schedule. Done. <laughs> I, I tried to get them to the first time; it did not work. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay was unwilling to change his production schedule based around the Lakers season. It's weird. He usually seems so agreeable. Like he he seems like such a down to earth. I have you not. Know, I haven't met easy Gordon. Easygoing type of guy. I, Gordon, I have not. I have not met Gordon. I don't know. Yeah, he does come across as intense, shall we say? Intense <laughs> on t- television. Man, I could just imagine the first time he yells at you for a plate, how that would go over. Now not I well. need to see it. Not now. Well. I need to see. <laughs> not well. No. Mm-mm, not well. I don't get yelled at. I don't care about this that much. I don't. I am not getting yelled at. Nope. <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. You are not yelling at me. Me and Gore, we can do, we can settle this however we need to sell this. But what you're not going to do is you're not raising your voice at me. I am a grown ass man. I'm Listen no here, Gordo. I'm not no child. Uh uh-uh, uh, we're not doing that. If you got problems with the food, okay, well, he, we can we can have a conversation about like as as grown ups and he doesn't really do that with you're not yelling like, at me. Master Chef contestants as much. Like he does that more. Oh, no, Hell's like, Kitchen, with I remember. Yeah, Hell's, Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen, I used to watch. Like, yeah, Hell's he Kitchen really ripped into people. people. Actually, but those are like is, actual chefs, right? Like those are. I think they that's, are. People that's that like have part of the culture in, in restaurants. You know, yeah. it's it is, it's it a shitty part of the culture. It is part of the culture. Yeah, you know, the one show. What was the show? What was it called? I can't remember. His show in. You know, he would go around to restaurants and like and fix oh. them basically. In yeah. England, they, they made a, a US version of it too, which was funny. Mm-hmm. My sister and I used to watch it. There was like, I think it was called ABC Bakery in Arizona, it was a wild episode. But the show was, what was it called? I don't, fuck, I don't remember what it was called. Anyway, no, I know what show you're talking about. But there too. was one that happened in England and he just used to just, just rip people. <laughs> and it was it was so good. It was hilarious. 
uh, you ain't go, you you ain't about to about to be out here yelling at me though. I'm, I'm a, kitchen I'm a nightmares. Grown-up. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. the original one, the British version, was incredible. <laughs> and they used to go through like pe- the fridges at the restaurants, and there would oh. be like. It made there me never want to eat out again. Yeah, like I'm not. Oh, you even know kidding. what? There is. There are. Go. Go on YouTube after you listen to the show. Go on YouTube and type in like the Gordon Ramsay kitchen nightmares, like refrigerators, <laughs> and there will just be compilations of like him yeah. going through people's refrigerators. And there's, you know, whatever. Uh, there's like lasagnas from stuff. eight years ago just in a refrigerator <laughs> just wrapped up in foil somewhere <laughs> with mold italian, italian food is good leftover but not that kind of leftover like that's like the show the leftovers like that's not like it's not even edible all right um on that note that's going to do it here for this episode of the hook and this week's episodes here on the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers beat the Nuggets tonight. I'm calling it. Continue. It's because you hate Jokic. Like he's actually him one of my and, favorite players. It's like, and if I have Jokic a ba- I have a basketball. I, he's not playing tonight, but I, I have a basketball man crush on Michael Porter Jr. If for some reason, I think he's going to lead the league in scoring. If for point. some reason, Wenyan Gabriel and Nikola Jokic's car broke down, and you were driving by them, and you saw them, they, that they needed help. Would you flip him off as you were going by, or would you just simply drive? Why do you think I hate Wendy? (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next week.